2: Hey, y'all. I'm Taryn Black as Hell Finley. <laughs> you know this. And
3: it's your boy, Shakira Romblay. And Taryn just jumped right into it. It's the month of love. And I'm hoping that all the black folks across the world get chose. But most importantly, it's Black History Month. We love that. <laughs> we, love that.
1: we love that. Let y'all me tell me? you something.
3: Taryn.
2: Y'all know that. Okay. Y'all know Black History Month is Black History Year. Okay. We, right. we celebrate. <laughs> yes. We uplift. We empower, we inform all year long, three sixty five, three sixty six, not two sixty five, not two sixty five. It it's it's consistent, form. but you know, in February, it just it just feels like those powers that we got on December twenty first, they just <laughs> activate, okay, <laughs> and, and and we just get to be um, peak ourselves, okay. I mean, we yeah. already that, but it's mm-hmm. to the umpteen power. Yes, you hear me? Yes.
1: Some people have been asking, like how I'm feeling about this month. And I told them the word I'm using is entitled. You know, I feel like, oh, I feel like black <laughs> folks should feel entitled to everything the country has to offer throughout the entire year, but most certainly <laughs> come February. So
3: what is one thing y'all do for yourselves every black history month that, you know, that you don't do in other months, but black history month, you just have to take time to do it.
2: Mm be loud without saying sorry sometimes (laughs) no for real because sometimes i i'm a loud i'm a loud person i come from a family of loud people um (laughs) and sometimes i have to like police or check my tone while i'm being Mm. loud especially among non-black people um Mm. but fuck all that fuck all that. We loud as shit. We loud as shit this month and honestly behind. What about
3: you, Jihad?
1: <laughs> I don't know if I do anything different. Um, Shoot, I, I maybe the observations I make come February are different because I'm more mindful of what white people say about black people because I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, y'all perpetrating. Okay, the FBI has no business posting, uh, you know, fond Black History Month posts and all sorts of things. So I'm my uh, my spidey sense for the, the bullshit is peaking come from That everywhere. comes
3: with the entitlement, okay? It does, absolutely. <laughs> and what I love about Black History Month the most is that we celebrate each other. I feel more unified than ever during the month. And I feel like it's the time of the year to always pay homage to our legends and our titans. And we gained an angel recently, and that's Cicely Tyson. And when I got the news, I just... You know, Cicely Tyson is one of those people who've been around so long in your life, you feel like they're immortal. You know, I just did not feel like I would see the day where Cicely Tyson is gone because her legacy is so vast and so great and she's responsible for so much.
2: As sad as it is, it is so beautiful to know all everything that she's given. She gave up into her last breath, like her last mm-hmm. event, well, the day that she died was at 6 mm-hmm. p.m. at a black own bookstore mm-hmm. in dc like she just tirelessly gave so you know I, I really hope that she is resting in peace and power because what a 96 years
1: yeah she was really mm-hmm. for the people and we you know we got a shout out she's a harlem legend an east harlem <laughs> legend harlem, yeah man. absolutely York, yeah and y'all mentioned it i mean y'all touched on it already but the fact that you know people of our age really have known nothing but esteem for Mm -hmm. her because i mean when we were coming of age she was already a seasoned actor you know so it really has been a privilege to know her like through that lens just having nothing but respect for that person and that's Kind of how I've been reflecting on it
2: uh, since. And to know
3: that she got her flowers while she was alive, yeah, Yeah, you know, still with us. That's rare. Yeah, she got three Emmy Awards, four Black Reel Awards, one Screen Screen Actors Guild Awards, one Tony Award, and an honorary Academy Award and a Peabody Award. And her legacy is Viola Davis. Her legacy is Lupita. Mm -hmm. Her legacy is Holly Berry. Her legacy is um, Carrie Washington. And the names just go. Oh, and it
2: continues, you know, down to Zendaya. Yeah, you know, yeah. So she's broken down barriers. Rest in peace, rest in power, Cecily Tyson. Um, we have some good news, uh, for Black okay. History Month. Um, voting rights activist Stacey Abrams and the Black Lives Matter movement, which was started by Patrice Cullors, Alicia Garza, and Opal Tometi have been nominated for Nobel Peace Prizes. Now, that is a big deal. We saw since um, 2018 the work that Stacey Abrams has done, especially after losing in an extremely unfair fight uh, down in Georgia for um, the governor race. And for the past um, over six years now, Black Lives Matter movement has been fighting in ensuring that nationwide Black lives not only matter um, in, in the streets, but also in every other avenue that racism touches.
3: And so this is this is well-deserved. This is well-deserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a big win for all of us because we have all advocated, especially those three women, but we have all advocated for Black lives in some way. And that's the beauty of having a decentralized movement. Everyone feels this win.
1: Right, and it is such an honor, but like this, I guess brings some of that entitlement I was speaking about earlier, kind of back into the fold. Because I'm thinking of all these people who have been doing work for decades, and it's like, of course, they deserve to be nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize and more. You know, I'm just thinking about the praise that they're getting right now, and it's like, my mindset is, uh, you know, we'll take our awards, and we'll take some of y'all's too. You know, I feel like, and it's
2: like- and it's like the Nobel Peace Prize should feel honored to honor these women, okay? <laughs> that That's, okay, entitlement. Yeah. All Black History Month.
1: And since we're talking about awards and proper recognition, did y'all see this is Awards Week, the Golden Globe nominations came out? And I'm sure you saw some of the snubs, mm-hmm. the yeah. Spike Lee film, The mm-hmm. Five Bloods, and, of course, the brilliant HBO series, screenwritten, and starring Michaela Cole. So Black people, it seems like we didn't get our full recognition from the Golden Globes. But of course, that's why we got awards like the NAACP Image Awards. And those nominees were announced this week. Did y'all peep any of those?
2: Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um I love, first off, I love our awards, the the BET Awards, the NAACP Image yes. Awards, and, you know, all of the, the Soul Trains, all the awards that, you know, celebrate and uplift us. And so when I saw, you know, folks like um, Issa Rae's Insecure and, um, you know, The Five Bloods, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, when I saw so many folks getting nods at the NAACP Awards. It really warmed my heart, especially Issa, because we we know that, you know, historically, like the Emmys and like other institutions have overlooked her. And I just wanted to give that a shout out because it's uh, the 10-year anniversary of Awkward Black Girl, and she's blazed mm, yes. so many trails. So it's just good to see institutions like the NAACP celebrating our heroes.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It seems as though every year... When we experience a snub, we talk about how, you know, we need to have our own shows, we need to have our own awards, mm. and we do. We do,
2: right. Right,
1: and, and so it's just so fitting that the NAACP Image Awards came out the same week as the Golden Globes, almost as if to say, like, y'all ain't got to pay attention to all that over there. We got, we got something for you right here. And this is obviously the right month for that.
2: Yeah, I really hope that people, like, you know, actually watch and tune into these awards, because... Our award shows have been bussing, y'all. I'm Did saying, y'all see? Yeah. Like, literally, I don't know if y'all saw the BET awards, um, last year, which was like, you know, one of the first award shows that commenced in among the pandemic. Yeah, that's the that one Amanda Seal hosted. Yeah, that yeah. that was brilliant, and it really set the tone dope, for a lot of the award shows, you know, to come. Right. You right. know, both black and you know by other institutions.
1: Right. The performances were ill.
3: Yeah. So, like we've already said, it's Black History Month and we celebrate the month all year long. Every day is Black History for me. But this February, we're dedicating our coverage to celebrate legendary Black women. Tara, who do you talk to?
2: Oh, my goodness. I spoke to the incomparable. Mara Brock Akil, the mastermind behind some of our fave black classics like *Girlfriends*, mm-hmm. *The Game*, Jahan—I mm-hmm. know that's your show—you
1: know she's the 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 mind behind the franchise <laughs> that gave us the *Dip* and *Pits*.
2: Exactly, so we gotta show our respect. Literally a dream interview, y'all. Like she has been someone on my journalism bucket list of people I have to talk to, and we chatted about her new deal with Netflix what it means to her to build a legacy and also of course if we'll ever get that girlfriend's movie that she's been wanting to do
1: okay okay
2: mm-hmm. if you want to find out take a listen take a listen here
1: we're all so excited that you had the chance to sit down with her everyone take a moment to listen to Taryn's interview with the legendary mara brock acute
2: Okay, first off, Mara, I have to say that this is a dream interview for me. I've been following your career since I was, you know, a little girl watching Girlfriends with my mom. Um, so,
0: <laughs> well, your butt should have been in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I was watching your interview with uh, with my friend Danielle Young a few months ago, um, and. I loved that you said that God threw you a surprise party in the 20th anniversary of Girlfriends, because quite frankly, it didn't get the recognition that it deserved while it was on air. I can, you know, confidently say that of your other works from Girlfriends to being Mary Jane. The Game. yeah, The Game. Exactly. Exactly. I think you've just done so much and given so much. What does it mean for you to be able to build this kind of legacy that spans generations and, you know, you are still in your stride?
0: Thank you for mentioning that because I do. It's funny. I do feel still in my stride, but I feel honored. You know, that is a big, um, when I was able, sometimes when you're able to slow down and turn back around to look, not to live in the past, but just to look at the past, I'm really proud of me. <laughs> I am. and I. But you know what? What you see blossomed in me and how I have been able to see in others and inspire others and offer the best of who I am to those who are around me. Um, the mentorship that I have offered to Prentice, to Kenya, Barrett, to Karen Gist, who's doing great, to Kenny Smith, who's doing great, to Jennifer Rice Ginzik, who's doing great. What it allowed me to do when you get away from just the pat on the back is to recognize who I am and what are my gifts and strengths that I do naturally. I naturally give the best of who I am to those who are around me because you know what, the best was given to me. And I think it's important to talk about legacy, not just what I did for others, but who Ralph Farquhar, Sarah Finney Johnson, Vita Spears, what they did for me. I have to say, you know, Ralph and I, I really appreciate the way he ran Moesha and that he gave access to us and taught us how to, I say, make the sausage, not just write scripts, but how do you produce that? Ralph has a high bar. And so all that legacy is within me. Um, And I think what my legacy is about is that I am not interested in positive characters or negative characters. And what's interesting is the Black community actually often asks for positive characters. And what it does is it keeps a lot of artists stuck. That's a burden. That is not an honor. What's more powerful is is to show our humanity between those extremes um, of positive and negative, right? For us to allow for our humanity to exist, and maybe that just might translate for um, in real life, you am saying the workplace, society at large, the store we shop from, the government that we send our taxes to, to really treat us like humans. So you know, you say when I look behind, I'm very proud of then. This next generation of storytellers who are still here, carving out new space, creating more stories of that humanity, to leave the lane open and the door open for, like you said, I'm still in my stride. And and to build on the legacy of what we always knew from the beginning is that our stories are valuable, our stories are needed, and they're universal.
2: I'm wondering, how has your goal of wanting to depict the humanity of Black women specifically on screen evolved over the years?
0: I think they've evolved as I have evolved. I think with girlfriends, I was asking the question as a young, ambitious woman, can I have it all? Can I have all these things and dreams and fantasies? Can I have it all? And can I manage it all? Maybe we can with a sense of support, right? And the the chosen family of girlfriends. But the question I was asking, was, can I have it all? And we watched four different versions of women trying to figure that out, Right then with the game, it was like, okay, no, we are going to win. <laughs> this is, this is, there's no, we are going to win and we are going to have to figure out our differences, you know, in this sort of sorority where we, we're, we've come together for a common goal and how do we meet that goal? And perhaps we will find lifelong friendship as a result, but let's be clear, we got to win, so we have to manifest, right? So that kind of was like more so my, you know, being, once I had, some things that I wanted to be successful, like a career, a family, you know, and so I had to win. And so I had to find where, 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 where are the levels of support that I'm going to need to help me win. But it was about winning, right? It's about achieving, right? Um, and then when you get to um, being Mary Jane, even, which is still on that same road of trying to win and achieve. Oh, okay, I got to let go of some of these lies. Mm. I'm telling about mm. myself. I got I gotta let go of some of these lies. Yeah, I'm a strong black woman, but maybe I'm also a vulnerable black woman. Maybe I'm an impatient black woman. Maybe I'm also a scared black woman. Maybe I'm also a tired black woman. Maybe I maybe the family doesn't need me as much as I think they need me, black woman. Mm, <laughs> All these that's of, real. Let me let go of some of these lies. Yeah. So then now I can
2: offend. Tomorrow we're actually interviewing Felicia D. Henderson. I know you both have worked ah! together. What has your sisterhood with her been like and what role has camaraderie and sisterhood in general played in your career?
0: What does sisterhood look like with Felicia Henderson? It looks like laughter. It looks like Oh my gosh, she can cook. It looks like yummy food.
2: I know that's <laughs> <It> right. Looks- <laughs>
0: It looks like cars. It looks like tears. It looks like holding each other's hand. It looks like busting at each other. It looks like giving each other time (laughs) Time to Mm. figure some things out. It looks like, it looks like sisterhood. It looks like I love you. It looks, what does it look like? It looks like a safe place. That's what we provide for each other. And we hold a lot of each other's, um, not only memories and dreams um but we remind each other it's funny enough of of each other's beauty and not, not just physical beauty beauty but really the generosity of our hearts for each other and and I know lately what I've been loving in our in our evolution of friendship is that we've been holding up the mirror to each other to remind each other to take the space it's funny that what most people see about us in in our career self when you see Felicia's making the move that she's making around Netflix. I think I have something to do with that. And when you see me getting that Netflix deal and everyone's patting you on the back, even had an announcement come today, I, I believe Felicia's a part of that because she reminded me to go get the things that I want, not always taking care of everybody else first before we take care of ourselves. So I, that's another way our friendship looks. I love that for 20 plus years, we have been able to rock and roll with each other's changes, both personally and professionally. And it looks many different ways, but um, she's always there and I'm always there for her.
1: Now we have to take a real quick break, but when we return, more from Taryn's conversation with Mara Brock And that's that. Stay with us, y'all.
0: is my favorite time to start a new workout routine with the weather warming up it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a pilates class or outdoor guided walk peloton has everything you need to help you get going get a head start on summer with peloton at onepeloton.com
2: i'm wondering as you carve out this space with this overall deal with netflix with your path forward how does that level of agency that you have and ownership that you have now differ than 20 years ago or like, you know, with girlfriends or with any of your other shows.
0: To be real succinctly, I stand on a, an amazing body of work with an amazing, loyal audience all by my side. Yes. Um, I don't, I I didn't come to Netflix alone. I mm. come to Netflix with beautiful black women such as yourself. Um, who have championed me when no one else did, um, when our voices were less valuable in the marketplace overall across mediums than they are today. I walk in with that legacy.
2: I feel like growing up, there were so many Black shows on. We had the UPN lineup. We had not only just UPN, but so many shows that we can like turn on and, and see ourselves reflected. And it's not to say that we don't have that today, but it does feel like the quantity is a bit lower. Like, we definitely have, like, quality shows on Black TV airing right now. But that era felt different in a way that we had more to choose from. I'm wondering why do you think that is?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There is, there's progress. There is progress. Like, even like I was saying, with Apprentice with and, and Issa taking, and what they, with, with how successful they were able to negotiate the HBO real estate. They opened something up very successful at it and even from my perspective they got to end their story that's that's progress you know there was a time in which certainly I didn't get to end my story and there and and there were others that didn't get to end their story because of the value so there's there the the, the there was a lack of value for whatever reason mm. but people that the so that let's talk about there there's progress that we least get to end our stories. so that's progress mm-hmm. and that's great to your question, I think the difference is during that time that we had all the plethora of those half-hour sitcoms, first of all, they were half-hour, and so they were taking up different types of budgets, so you can actually do more for less in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so the progress that we have made, I mean, look at what Shonda did at Bridgerton. When I look at that, I was just like, this her costume and hair and work. I'm like, whoa. You' know what I'm saying so sometimes that I, I do see the progress in that and her being able to exercise um you know what what she wants to say in a different in a different medium, so I do want us to be able to measure and i and you are saying this, but I also want to just step out the detail of how that is, so that mm-hmm. budget that show alone could have done all of the shows you're talking about in the past mm-hmm. and more Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you can know saying? so. So that's one thing. The second thing is we also need to understand what the role of those of that programming was at that time. And a lot of the UPNs, the CWs, the WBs were using a lot of our um, uh, content to launch less expensively shows that would garner an immediate audience of Black people. Mm. And what's beautiful about progress is now Black people are saying, Oh, no, 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 we're not going to be, you just can't get, because we were starving. We were hungry for our image. And so we showed up without any marketing, without any budget, without anything, because we just didn't have much. Yeah. But now I think the audience is saying, no, 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 I want more, I want this, I want that, I, mm. you know what I'm saying? And so that that is another level of progress. Mm-hmm. I think what's now needed is the powerhouses, myself and others. That as we get into these spaces, that we lift again as we climb, that we teach, like Ralph taught me, how to make the sausage, yeah. that we talk about how, how to build characters with humanity, that we talk about building shows that have something to say as well as being entertaining. you know what I'm saying, and and the something to say it doesn't have to be political, by the way, it just has to have something to say.
1: Mm.
0: So just recognizing that want and need. And we also just need to make space for. Everyone to sort of be included. Yeah. I think us as all viewers, how can we see ourselves in other programming is important, but I think far too often we have always only had to look through to see ourselves in others and how can others start to see themselves through us? Yeah. I think that's where the future and I hope to be that we understand and see our humanity in each other.
2: I love that. What stories do you hope to tell that you haven't told before?
0: Oh my gosh.
2: I know that's a big question.
0: <laughs> so many stories have not been told. I really just want to be able to continue to center the marginalized in their own humanity and in their own story. And I want to start taking up space in other genres as well. And so that is, I want to continue to double down on my love and passion around Black people. But I also wanted to expand that in the way that we were just talking about. That there are so many people. I want to look for other stories where the world has put them on the margins, and I want to help pull their humanity and their story at the center of their lives, so that we all can see it. But I also want to take up other genre space. I also want to, you know, it's funny. I I hear the calls for girlfriends, and for whatever reason, you know, that opportunity hasn't hasn't presented itself. And it's not that I still won't, I don't try. I do hope that one day, I know you haven't asked me, I I feel it's gonna come.
2: It's gonna come. (laughs) It's gonna come. You beat me to it. But like,
0: yes, um, the girlfriend, so there's so much I would love to answer beyond whether Joan gets married or not, again saying, but really to be able to see how do friendships sustain the bumps and bruises. For instance, in the Tony character. It was so much fun to write her because I really made you have to look for it. But if you really look deep at Tony, Tony loved Joan. The secret in that relationship was Joan was Tony's big. You can miss her love line because of how she sort of conducts herself in the world. Mm. but the very but she always showed up for Joan she yeah, always showed she up did. in her own twisted way she did I would love to be able to answer that and I do think friendship can get over so much you know it's funny I started my career asking Joan because she have it all and Mara is still trying to do that mm. so I want it all
2: wow <laughs> I shade. Ashay, I got to snap my fingers to that. Mara, this (laughs) this has honestly been a highlight for me. I, I really appreciate you.
0: Many blessings to you and thank you for my flowers. They are absolutely beautiful.
2: And that's that for this week. Thank you so much to our guest, the
3: amazing, the incomparable, the trailblazing Mara Bracquemier. Our show is produced and edited by Izzy Matthew Knowles, Best Nick Offenberg, and our girl Sarah Patterson.
1: I'm Jahan Jones. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Jahan.
3: I'm Taryn
2: Black as Hell Finley once again. You can find me at <laughs> underscore Tearing It Up.
3: And I'm Shaquille Ron You can find me at Ron Blay everywhere.
1: We'll be back next week. Until then. You know what to do? Keep it juicy. Juicy
2: food. (laughs) I had to body roll into that one. (laughs) He did for Black History Month. (laughs) Give it to him. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend.